I'm Marissa Blackwood, and if you've seen Netflix's Mindhunter, then you may have heard of the co-ed killer, Ed Kemper. Between May of 1972 and April of 1973, Ed Kemper killed 10 people. He would pick up female students who were hitchhiking and take them back to isolated areas where he would shoot, stab, smother, or strangle them. Oh yeah, this one's gonna be a real doozy. So listener's discretion is advised. If you're a fan of horror movies or true crime, or perhaps both like myself, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, don't forget to check us out on YouTube at All Things Murder. New episodes on Thursdays. Born on December 18, 1948 in Burbank, California, Edmund Emil Kemper III presented troubled behavior from an early age. His mother, Clarnell Elizabeth Kemper, was an alcoholic who possibly suffered from borderline personality disorder. Her erratic behavior once led Ed's dad, a World War II veteran named Edmund Emil Kemper II, to say, quote, Suicide missions in wartime and the later atomic bomb testings were nothing compared to living with Clarnell. End quote. So such a loving home so far. Wonder why he's a serial killer. Crazy. She regularly berated Kemper's father for his menial job as an electrician. She said, wow, you're an electrician? Wow. Do better. Like, hey, still making money, lady. His mother refused to coddle her son for she feared it would turn him gay. Because that's how it happens. Ed had a close relationship with his father and was actually really devastated when his parents separated in 1957, shocker, and then divorced in 1961, causing him to be raised by his mom, Clarnell, in Helena, Montana. Like, y'all are divorcing and you did not get me in the divorce? You're gonna send me to live with this crazy psycho? And we wonder how I ended up here. Though very bright, he was later found to have an IQ of 145 during adulthood. He displayed sociopathic traits at a very early age. He was a pyromaniac. He often used his sister's dolls to enact murder and bizarre like sex rituals. And he enjoyed cutting dolls' heads off. These are all red flags to look into your children. If your children is doing any of these things, could be a serial killer. Get the help you need. He often took great delight in torturing and killing cats. He even stabbed one of them to death. Another he reportedly buried alive, dug it up again, decapitated it, and then put its head on a pole. Like, wouldn't you notice if your kid was doing some crazy shit like this? He fantasized often about being executed by electric chair and then would enact it as a game with his sisters. This child needs help. His emotionally abusive mother would often lock him in the basement because she was afraid that he would sexually assault one of his younger sisters. And then the basement, creepy basement, was often filled with rats, as most basements are. At the age of 14, Ed finally had enough. I would have had enough also. He ran away from his mother's house to go live with his dad, but at that point, his dad remarried to another woman, so Ed was sent to live with his grandparents. There, Edmund Kemper would become a killer for the first time. The first kill. For Ed Kemper, living on his grandparents' ranch was no better than living at his house. Like, yeah, that bad. 
He later called his grandfather, Edmund, senile and complained that his grandmother, Maud, was emasculating. After clashing with his grandmother on numerous occasions, Ed became angrier and angrier, like, she is pissing me off. He said, quote, I couldn't please her. It was like being in jail. I became a walking time bomb and I finally blew. On August 27th of 1964, Ed got into another argument with his grandma, just exploded, everyone's screaming. But him being 15, you know, teen angst, he shot Maud in the head with his grandfather's .22 caliber rifle. Then, as his grandfather came up the driveway toward the house, Ed shot him too. After they were both dead, he called his mom and told her everything. He was then sent to the criminally insane unit of Astacardo State Hospital. Their hospitals determined that he had paranoid schizophrenia, as well as a very impressive IQ. But despite the crimes he committed, Ed Kemper only stayed in the hospital for a few years. They're like, oh, it's, he's a schizophrenic. It's fine, he killed his grandparents. Like, no. On his 21st birthday in 1969, he was released. Ed then went to live with his mom, who was then working as an administrative assistant at the University of California in Santa Cruz. He was like, great, after everything, I go back to her, awesome. After being released, Ed, still living with his mom, took a number of menial jobs before eventually getting a job at the state of California's Department of Public Works as a laborer. Now this guy was six foot nine and weighed 300 pounds. That's a big dude. He befriended several local police officers and planned to become one himself, a dream that ended because he was above regulation height. They said, yeah, you're too tall to be a cop. Though he wasn't really good with money, he eventually saved up enough to move away from his mother's, got an apartment with a roommate. Then after getting a $15,000 settlement through a motorcycle accident, he bought a yellow Ford Galaxy and just started cruising in the Pacific Coast area, where there he noticed a large number of young girls hitchhiking. So he started storing plastic bags, knives, blankets, and handcuffs all in his car. Red flag. He then began picking up young women and peacefully let them go. So he didn't kill anyone. He said, hey, I will actually give you the ride without killing you. According to Kemper, he picked up around 150 hitchhikers who were in line with his pattern. This was before he felt the homicidal, sexual, creepy urges. The murder spree. By 1972, Ed had, once again, turned to violence. On May 7th, he picked up two Fresno State students, 18-year-old Marianne Pace and another 18-year-old Anita Luchessa, near Berkeley, California. Ed brought the girls to a nearby wooden area, intending to sexually assault them, but he panicked and he stabbed and choked the two women to death. He then stuffed them into his trunk and drove to his house in Alameda, on the way, a cop did stop him for a broken taillight, but did not search the car. If he had, he would have found the bodies of Ed Kemper's victims inside. Creepy dude late at night. Check the car, people. Once he got home, Ed then sexually assaulted the bodies. He then dismembered them, placed the body parts into plastic bags, and then disposed of them. Ed Kemper's victims were hidden somewhere in a ravine near Loma Prieta Mountain. 
From there, Ed just continued his murder spree, killing again on September 14th of 1972. Like with the first murder, he did pick up a hitchhiker, a 15-year-old Aki Ku, who had missed her bus to dance class. He's like, hey, need a ride to dance class? During this encounter, Ed accidentally locked himself out of his car, yet was able to persuade this girl to let him back inside. He then choked her unconscious, sexually assaulted her, and killed her. After stuffing her body in the trunk, Ed recalled looking down at his latest kill with pride. He said that he, quote, admired his catch like a fisherman. Ed soon began to risk getting caught just for an additional thrill. He just said, screw it. I just want to play with this. He hung out at a bar called the Jury Room, ironic, which was popular with police officers. There he made friends with the local cops who would call him Big Ed. Ed enjoyed being so close to the people that were trying to catch him. He's like, oh, hear about these serial killings? Tell me, friends. <laughs> Don't look here. We're buddies. And even though Ed moved back in with his mom in 1973, he murdered three more college students he picked up around the nearby campus. He even buried a severed head from one victim in his mom's garden and left it facing towards her bedroom. Gross. According to him, he did this because his mother always wanted people to look up to her. I don't think that's what she meant. And living with his mom, brought him right back to his childhood, brought back all those feelings. Everything culminated on April 20th of 1973. That night, Ed bludgeoned his mother to death with a claw hammer while she was sleeping. He then decapitated her, sexually assaulted her head before using it as a dartboard. He also screamed at the head for an hour straight. As if that weren't enough, he cut out her tongue and placed it in the garbage disposal, but it couldn't break it up properly, and it just spit her remains back into the sink. Even more shocking, he invited his mom's best friend, Sally Hallett, over to the house. Like, sick enough you killed your mom, what does her friend have to do with this? He had a cover story, like he could say his mom and her friend went on vacation together. So then he murdered her friend and then stole her car. He then drove to Colorado, certain that he would see the two murders on the news, like, come on, I did that. Show me how good I am and creepy I am, news people. But after not hearing anything for a while, he ended up just calling the police himself from a phone booth and confessed to everything. Like, you guys took too long. Here I am. At first, the police didn't want to believe that Big Ed could be the killer. No way. Big Ed? That guy's awesome. No, he's not. But Kemper soon began to describe things that only the co-ed killer could know. When asked why he stopped killing and why did you turn yourself in, he said, quote, it wasn't serving any physical or real or emotional purpose. It was just a pure waste of time. Emotionally, I couldn't handle it much longer. He went on, quote, toward the end there, I started feeling the folly of the whole damn thing. And at the point of near exhaustion, near a collapse, I just said to hell with it and called it all off. Ed Kemper was arrested and later convicted of eight counts of first degree murder. He attempted suicide twice and even requested the death penalty, 
but was ultimately given seven concurrent life sentences instead. They said, oh no, no death for you, you will need to suffer in jail. Ed Kemper was in prison at the California Medical Facility along other notorious criminals like Charles Manson and Herbert Mullen. Ed, who is now 72 years old, still resides in that same prison to this day. During his early years behind bars, he willingly participated in a number of interviews with reporters and law enforcement officials. Before long, he was even meeting with the FBI to discuss his crimes and why he committed them. As he was shown in season one of Netflix's crime show Mindhunter, his testimony about his state of mind during his interviews was integral to law enforcement's understanding of how serial killers operate. Like, why are you doing this messed up stuff, sir? In recent years, the co-aid killer has now this reputation of being a model prisoner. Now Ed Kemper is in charge of scheduling other inmates' appointments with psychiatrists and has spent over 5,000 hours narrating audiobooks of stories like Dune and Star Wars. If you listen to an audiobook of Star Wars recently, that is a serial killer you are listening to. Ed Kemper has influenced many works of film and literature, he and fellow serial killers like Ted Bundy, Gary Hindick, Jerry Brudos, Gary Ridgway, and Ed Gein were all used as inspiration for the character Buffalo Bill in Thomas Harris's 1988 novel, The Silence of the Lambs. The movie's pretty awesome too, if you haven't seen. Like Ed, Bill fatally shoots his grandparents as a teenager. If you've seen American Psycho with Patrick Bateman, he says a quote by Kemper to Ed Gein. Ed Kemper has also been the subject of multiple books, including Edmund Kemper, The True Story of the Co-Ed Killer, and a million others. Ed Kemper was first eligible for parole in 1979. He was denied parole that year, as well as parole hearings in 1980, 1981, and 1982. He subsequently waived his right to a hearing in 85, 97, 2002, and 2012. He was denied parole in 2017 and is eligible in 2024. So next year, we'll see if they let him out or not. Do you think the co-ed killer should be released? And that is the story of the co-ed killer, Edmund Kemper. Rest in peace to the victims. Thank you all so much for joining me. I'm Marissa Blackwood, and don't forget to tune in next week for a new All Things Murder, if you dare.